You are listening to the Open Heaven Church podcast. We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. Hi, Open Heaven. I'm Benj. I'm an innovator and an accelerator of innovation. And it's really amazing to meet you. I've been part of the Open Heaven community for 25 years this year. Um, and I'm really privileged to have been asked to share some of my thoughts and to introduce the new topic for the next few weeks. <clears throat> Last summer, I took our kids round New Lount uh, Nature Reserve over near Ashby, which is a beautiful place. But when you walk round, there are a number of plaques to the guy who used to be the owner of the colliery that was the nature reserves now built on. And this guy had a huge vision for running the coal mining business and spinning off other businesses. So he he made a factory that made clay pipes uh, and he had a vision to bring clean water into the whole region. He built housing for all the people who worked there and showers and um, sanitation facilities and healthcare facilities and social clubs. And he went on to bring electricity into the region. And the impact of his life and his decisions is still impacting that whole little section uh, of the world a hundred and well nearly a hundred years after his death a hundred a hundred and fifty years later and it really got me thinking about how I live my life and what impact could I have not just on tomorrow or today even or but what, what impact could I have in 50 years' time? What could the impact of my life be in 100 years' time or 500 years' time? And I told you that story because the, the title of this section that we're looking at is called All the Difference in the World. And I just want to inspire, my, my heart for sharing with you is to inspire you to have a look at where you are, with who you are with new eyes and and think about the long-term impact of what could be and dream with me. I want to read from uh, 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 1 to 2 as an introduction and to frame this a little bit around some of the stuff that uh, is written. From Peter, an apostle of Jesus, the anointed one, to the chosen ones, who've been scattered like seed into the nations, living as refugees in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, and throughout the Roman provinces of Asia and Bithynia. You're not forgotten, for you have been chosen and destined by Father God. The Holy Spirit has set you apart to be God's holy ones, obedient followers of Jesus Christ who've been gloriously sprinkled with his blood. And I love this last bit. May God's delightful grace and peace cascade over you many, many times over. So when I was reading this, I, I saw those three kind of keys and there's three keys that I've discovered as well as in my thinking of 
what impact can I have? And the first one is, who are you? <clears throat> who are we? Who am I? The second is, where are you? And the last one is really around impact and what impact could you have on the generations to come and on your generation, on our generation in this time. So, first of all, who are you? Who am I? Are you a teacher? Uh, are you a student? Are you still at school, maybe? Are you a mum or a dad at home looking after the kids? Are you the CEO of a food equipment manufacturing business? Are you an investor? Do you work in a charity? Are you a volunteer? Maybe you don't have a job at the moment. Maybe you're retired. Maybe you're furloughed. I don't know. But I don't think that's who you are. I think who you are and who I am are way, way, way deeper than that. And I just wanted to remind you and me because I know what my mind is like and I need reminding all the time of really who we are. And I love in this verse how it starts off saying, the chosen ones. You know, that you're not forgotten. You're chosen by Father God. We're called by, we're called holy by the Holy Spirit and his work. And why are we called holy? We're called holy to follow Jesus. What does that really mean in terms of our identity? Well, if you look at um, Ephesians 1 verse 4, it says, you know, we are chosen. We're chosen to be adopted as sons and daughters into God's family. We are the sons and daughters of God. And we're adopted in love. We're loved way beyond measure. It talks about, in, in Ephesians, it talks about actually even before the creation of the whole world we were chosen. And that's like another level of being chosen. It's, it, it blows my mind. <laughs> like, you know, it's another level of love um, that I know that I need to experience every single day. And then when Jesus died on the cross to reconcile us back to God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we get to choose to accept that we've been chosen, which is like one of those incredible paradoxes. And, and when we choose it, we, we receive healing. We receive, you know, healing of our mind. In fact, even more than healing, we are made completely new. We are a new creation. We are born again. We have a new spirit the Holy Spirit put inside us. So we don't end up with two spirits, Benja's spirit, Holy Spirit. No, we just have his new spirit. Um, Paul talks and says, we've, we've got a new mind. We have the mind of Christ. He says, you know, who can even fathom the thoughts of God? But we've got the mind of Christ. Um, in, in, in Luke, Jesus says, you know, I've given you authority over the powers of the evil one 
over, um, you know, snakes and serpents. In Corinthians, um, uh, Corinthians 2, Paul talks about the, the mind and the mind of Christ. And then Paul talks again about Roman in Romans about being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And I really believe that, you know, we have this new mindset and new eyes and that's who we are. Um, you know, we are created, as it says in Genesis, in the image of God, in the image completely like a creator God, but at the same time, completely unique. There is thankfully no other Benj in the world. Um, and I, I love the tension between those two things. But that's who we are. And the Bible goes even further and says, you know, Jesus has already seated us with him in heavenly places. So we're his sons. We're, we're in his image. We're creators. We have a new mind. We have a new spirit. And I, I, I love thinking about that. And the next question, the next bit I wanted to look at is, where are you? You know, where are you right now? Maybe you're in a building. Uh, maybe you're at home watching this. Maybe you're alone. Where are you tomorrow? Where are you on Tuesday? Are you in, in, at home still? Do you work from home? Are you in the office? Are you at school? And if, if we go back to that verse in um, Peter that I read at the beginning, it talks about the believers being totally scattered right across the whole Roman Empire in hostile environments, you know, they were hated. They were just starting to be called Christians, which was like this insanely derogative term. And sometimes some of our situations and some of our scenarios are hostile. They're hostile to Christians. And I think one of the, one of the biggest hostilities that I recognise is the narratives that we're surrounded by. The narratives that all kind of stem from um, the, the lie that first started in the Garden of Eden, really, which was Satan whispering in, a, um, in Eve's ear going, did God really say that? Did he really say that? And um, we're going to explore a little bit over the next few weeks you know, what it what it means to be a Christian in these frontline places where we spend all our time, at the coalface, if you call it, where everything that you believe, everything that you are, meets the reality of the world that we're in. But I want to flip the script a little bit, even on that, as I've just introduced it, because as much as these places are places of hostile narratives and of voices that would seek to shrink us and shrink me into something less that I know that I've been created to be. I think they're places of opportunity. They're places of exploration and creativity. It's not necessarily the physical location, but often it's the atmosphere. And 
I want to reframe what the front line is, because I think the front line's always in our mind and the battle between the narratives that we know are true, that God has spoken over us and called us and that identity and the narratives that are going around outside us, whether it's government narratives of fear or whether it's narratives of control, whether it's being bullied or whether it's just the subtle narratives to settle for something that's less than who you really are. Maybe your front line feels a bit like a standing in the middle of a muddy field. Maybe it feels like you're in a desert or in a rocky road. But what if that front line really didn't matter? You know, what if it's not the location or the organisation that we work in or the people we work with who might be difficult? But what if it's just in our minds, in a way, what we choose to believe? And what impact could you have where you're based if your mindset was completely shifted, if love was at the core of everything, if you really knew how loved you were, how chosen you were, how you weren't forgotten, how you're a son, and what if you, how could you experience and help others experience that love in new ways? Uh, since we um, studied that book a few years ago, Imagine Heaven, I have never ever been able to forget the question that's described of many people who um, had a near-death experience and got to meet um, a creator, who got to meet Jesus in, in their experience of heaven. And the one question they were asked was, how well did you love those I put around you? And I, I always bring it back to when Jesus was asked, you know, what is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God and love your neighbour as yourself. And then when he is asked, who's your neighbour? He goes on to tell this, tar- uh, this this parable of the Good Samaritan, which is actually about loving your enemy, which is just absolutely crazy. I, I, I break it down for myself often um, when I think about it. You know, there's three areas really where we have influence. There's, there's our home, our family, uh, where we live. There's our, there's our work. And then there's our impact on society. And and I find it helpful to think about, you know, what could my impact be on each of those three areas? If I lived like I really knew who I was, what environments could I create at home? What environments could I create in my workplace? What environments could I create in society? If I really, really realised the true power that's inside us, that we are created to create, to innovate in every situation that we're put in, created in this image of this God who wants to see his love flow out, who's an amazing gardener and wants us to plant seeds wherever we go, that he will cause to grow, but we can help nurture and cultivate. If we really realised that there's this power inside us that's the same, same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, 
what 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 have you got faith for what have you got faith for in your workplace in your home in your family in your school wherever you are the bible says that faith comes from hope and i i like to think of it like hope is like a, a thermostat hope's like the thermostat that that controls the faith and if you want to turn up the faith and see things happen then you need to turn up the thermostat of hope and it i did a study a while back on what hope is really and hope's hope's really about imagination and what can you see and what what could be possible it's about asking questions and and dreaming and and allowing holy spirit to dream through you what could be What could it be if we see the problems that we're facing today as actually triggers to launch us into the next adventure, into the next section? So I, I, I really want to leave you with a, an invitation challenge, an invitation to dream, to listen to Holy Spirit and listen to yourself and trust yourself. Trust who you've been created to be. Maybe you need to create some space in your life to do that. Maybe you need to prioritise it a bit more. But I truly believe that we can see incredible change in our society as we learn again and again and again who we really are. As we allow... Holy Spirit to change us and shape us and the challenge is that we need to start speaking this out we need to be sowing seeds seeds that in time will become a great forest that will impact the lives of all of those around us we might not see it now I I was surprised in an amazing way the other day when I got contacted by um, someone on Facebook who I'd not, not been in touch with for 20 years um, who is now pursuing this incredible life of following God and doing amazing things and she had the seeds of that planted in her life through me and some other friends in Towers um, over 20 years ago. Our words are incredibly powerful you know just as when jesus the word was in the beginning and god spoke the word and created all that we see around us we're called to speak and we're called to speak into our situations and this is really my challenge i challenge you to find the words to express who you really are words of love, words that will transform, words that will speak life and light into your front line. Speak words into your own heart, words of truth. Speak words into your family. Speak words of life into your workplace. I'm on this amazing journey. I want to see real transformation in my generation but also for the generations to come. And 
yeah, come and join me.